Good afternoon, KZMU listeners in Moablandia and beyond. This is Lisa, your host of Great Wide Open. Heard most months on the second Monday of the month at 4 p.m. on KZMU or at kzmu.org or wherever you get your pods. Well, we have a special show for you today. It's another part in our occasional series that I like to call Alt Rec. We have some really fun stuff going on in our show today. My other nickname for this show is the uh, the heavy breathing episode because for some reason during these field pieces you get to hear a lot of heavy breathing. So I thought I would uh, record the intro while out myself on a nice night hike, doing my job, and hoping to see some beautiful Perseid meteor showers tonight. Anywho, we get to hear from some Moab locals on things that they do that might be outside the classic box of outdoor recreation in Moab. Ultimate frisbee, frisbee golf, and wait for it, deep water running. And that was a really special one because I got to record that piece with my colleague, Molly Marcello, here at KZMU. So I'm just gonna say sayonara, continue to hike up this hill, I hope you enjoy the show, and there will be show notes loaded afterwards for the information we will provide during each of these segments. Special thank you to our guests, Jeff Brennan, Maggie Keating, Molly Marcello, and Felix and his family. I hope this inspires you to get out there and try some of these alt-recs. I am here at Old City Park with disc golf, aka frisbee golf, player extraordinaire Jeff Brennan. And today for our Alt-Rec series, we're going to get a tutorial about this potentially like niche sport in Moab called disc golf. That is the sound of Jeffy B scoring. Do you call him goals, Jeffy? Putting. Putting. He just hit three putts in a row. Jeff Brennan, welcome to Great Wide Open. Glad to be here. Well, I am so intrigued by this game. Do you call it frisbee golf or disc golf? Uh, disc golf. Disc golf. Is the more proper. Some call it frothing. Frothing? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, disc, disc golf. But essentially, yeah, playing an 18-hole, 9-hole golf layout, but with uh, frisbees slash the discs. Okay, well, we're here at Old City Park. And I think of a golf course, which there's one right down the road. There's no obstacles in the way. It's like nice green fairways with maybe some things off to the side that if you were really bad at golfing, you'd end up sending your ball into the sand or into the, the greens or whatever what do they call it. The tur- the sides. Anyway. The bunker. The bunker. Sure, yeah. But out here, we've got like trees all over the place. There's like, it looks like we've got a fairly... Uh, up and down course we're going to be walking. Can you tell us a little bit about how it's like golf and how it's not like golf? Yeah, so you basically, it's like golf in that you have your same layout, 18 holes. And for our for our course here in particular, it's all par threes. So if you get the disc, you know, to the basket in three shots, basically you get a par, same scoring. Uh, one under par is a birdie, one over is a bogey. 
So in that way, it's uh, the same score as, as golf. And yeah, definitely utilizes the obstacles and trees and uh, today, a little breezy out. That's one of the main obstacles oh, out here. So we don't like the, the breeze feels great to me here in this, you know, 100 degree temperatures we've been having. It, it, it's nice on the, nice on the, for the sweat glands, but yeah, it makes uh, you have to do a little bit of math with okay. uh, calculating your shots. So the scoring, so to speak, is very similar to golf. Mm -hmm. We're going to start at like the first tee and we have three shots mm -hmm. to hit par to get to it into par. the basket. Right. Can you always see the basket from the... No. So one of the things with our course, there's many blind shots. The baskets will be hidden behind, yeah, just the natural layout with the juniper, mostly the juniper trees out here at Old City Park. Um, it's a great layout. It's free. Um, yeah, anybody can try it and it's a little confusing at first might want to, they do have maps, but it's always nice to, you know, go with a friend that kind of knows the course a little better, at least for the first couple times. And then, but yeah, you can get the gist of it pretty quick. Seems like fun. And I'm, I'm looking at these, um, discs and they don't look anything like what, um, a typical Frisbee that we all grew up with what you would think of as a typical Frisbee. Can you talk a little bit about this equipment and what it does? Yeah, so the, uh, the other thing is that, uh, like golf, it's the same. You have your putters through mid-range, fairway drivers, up to distance drivers. So, yeah, just depending on distances and, you know, angles of the shot, some really, really want to spike right to left, or some are, we call it stable or understable. Um, when you throw the disc, it, it wants to go the opposite way of the spin, actually. So as you, uh, you know, progress in your diff disc golf time, you learn the different trajectories of uh, the certain molds, actually. Oh, the molds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so like what a, would, you know, like when you think of a golf putter, mm -hmm. it's usually like a nice little sleek, very kind of a simpler looking club than mm -hmm. a driver. Sure, sure. And then ultimately, yeah, they're all the same, mostly the same shape. Uh, the putters are a little more of a, a rounded nose on the on the wing angle there, but then where the driver is much sharper, so it's going to really get up to speed and fly yeah. much faster. So what, what attracted you to disc golf? Well, I always played, uh, I started playing maybe in college just for fun, like everyone. I was up in uh, Humboldt, actually, in the Redwood Forest. We had a cool course, and... I just knew some friends, never really took to it. And then I was living up in the Bay Area once again, didn't uh, didn't take to it. And yeah, then I just discovered out here at Old City, there was, we had this course and and started meeting some, there's a little group out here that was playing all the time. And yeah, just started getting hooked. <laughs> are there tea times for disc golf or is it pretty loose like everybody just lets each other play in and yeah it's super super casual out here if if this course was actually in in a true city it would be busy all the time i think but being in moab we're pretty fortunate that yeah you can kind of just come out whenever whenever you like depending on the heat <laughs> and um yeah good to go well, you're going to give me a little bit of a tutorial. Um, we're here at, what do you, is this like a practice? Yeah, so we're up here at the, the practice <laughs> basket right now, right at the top side of Old City Park. 
And yeah, you can warm up putting or just some short short throws just to kind of get kind of get loose for the for the round if you want or just go yeah just go play i'm psyched i'm psyched to try this um why don't you show me what i'm supposed to do and talk our good people our good listeners at kzmu tell us what you're gonna what you're gonna do here are these all putters that jeff has three discs yeah so i just have three putters in my hand for the warming up and i'll start out about you know just kind of short maybe like 15 feet or so and then yeah just line her up and one Eight, and one and two and two. Oh, Ooh, what happened there off the band a little bit of a high release there Oh, learning all these new turns a high release also with the the wind we'll want to we'll want to lift we'll lift the putters too so you have to calculate if, it, if with the headwind you have to aim a little lower and kind of anticipate some wind lift so i noticed that when you were lining up your putts you had your arm quite far away from your body whereas like if someone who's playing like frisbee uh ultimate frisbee mm -hmm. which is um another fun thing that we'll talk about someday on this on this occasional series you'll keep the disc a little closer to your body to release it but you had your arm straight out tell me about that ah for the, yeah for the putting techniques so <laughs> i like uh, one of the main things is you want to see your hand go to the chains. So like finish the follow through hand at the basket. All right. So, and, there, and, and there's a bunch of, you know, ways to line up, but, and everybody has their own little putting form, but basically you just do a, a reach back and then just spin, release hand in the chains. So elegant when you do it. And this is great because uh, obviously you folks out there can't see us, but Jeffy's a lefty and I'm a righty, so I can mirror image what he's doing. And I'm going to try my try my first putt. I am like six feet from the basket. <laughs> so nice. Start like this with my arm out. Arm out. And a little bit of a, a T stance, let's call it. Right. Ah. Oh my God. Score. <laughs> right and on, one. Right on the pole. Lisa H. Is that good? Right on the pole. I'm learning so much lingo today. Okay. There's a lot of lingo. Now we're backing up. So we're backing up a little bit. I'd say we're about 10 or 12 feet. Yeah, double double the distance. Double the distance. Wind's picking up. Wind's so. picking up, so I might want to... Oh! I, I hit the chains, but I didn't hit the... The wind's blowing right at me, so I should probably aim for the left side. There we go. A little low. Whew! Wow! <laughs> There's a lot of technique involved in this. There's already... What's the furthest putt you've ever made, Jeffy B? Oh, I mean, throwing in. Well, I mean, like golf too. I mean, I've got a couple of hole-in-ones or what? aces. But those aren't, those don't really count as putts. <laughs> that's but true. That's, I guess that's what I meant. I don't know. Have I you mean, ever had a hole-in-one? Yes, you yeah, have. I've had, I've, yeah, I've had four on the course. So always trying for more. Always. There's been a lot of close calls. <laughs> But the feeling of the ace, that'll keep you coming back. Oh, Ooh. a little high. A little high. Boom, and one. <laughs> See, my reaction is to really want to sure, wing sure. it. But... For, for the throwing. Well, we can step back and... Oh, oh. there we go. There we go. At least I... Well, I had good accuracy, <laughs> but, I, but I hit the post. Well, okay. So I've had my little tutorial. Um... I'm sure I'm just gonna like slay this, but let's uh, let's go play a few holes, shall we? 
Let's do it. Where do we start? So we're gonna, uh, let's see, walk up from the top here. You have a sign uh, right up the top, the top side of Old City. There's um, an embroidered sign that says the Disc Golf Park. And from here we start walking up to hole one, right out of the parking lot. Not a bad day today. We got some nice cloud cover. Hopefully some monsoon rains come in. Jeffy B dragged me out of bed before my usual <laughs> rising time to beat the heat. All working out. So I can see why you would recommend like walking the course beforehand because I, I mean, there's that sign obviously to get you going, but you can't see the first tee really from down in the park. Yeah, down in the park. So one of the, yeah, in the, in the new wave, one of the most informational um, apps out there is called U-Disc, just the letter U and disc. D-I-S-C? D-I-S-C, exactly. So U-Disc can, uh, it shows you basically courses all over the country, all over the world, and everyone's feedback and all the holes and all the pars and distances. Like the trail forks for disc golf? It's, yeah, exactly. It's kind of the, exactly the trail forks of disc golf. All right, here we are, hole number one. It's approximately 320 feet and it's a par three. Straight shot, avoid road on left and park on right. Cool. I can't wait to see this. Is that it over there with that red post? Yeah, yeah, so this one's, uh, yeah, like it's saying, a really a straight shot, a couple of trees in the way at the finish and off the tee to, you know, keep you on your toes. And the basket perched right on a little uh, spine, a little ridge. So if, with the, if you miss the putting, uh, they can stand up and roll away maybe, you know, 40, 50 feet. So wow. got, got to keep that in mind when you get up there. And there is a lot of uh, terrain here for the disc to go missing. There is a, exactly, exactly. Especially with the, uh, yeah, we have the sagebrush and the little Ooh. oak trees and the Gullies. cheatgrass this year. Oh, has been all time difficult. <laughs> I've been, uh, I've just lost some this last month, just a couple. So yeah, you really want to follow, try to follow the full flight. You know, if it goes, Oof. if it goes awry a little bit. But all right. Hopefully, so here's hopefully we'll, we'll put her close. Jeffy's lining up for his, his first shot. And it's, oh, wow. It's off. Oop. Banking hard. Okay. I think we saw where it went down. That was beautiful for a second. And then for a second, it, yeah. Little, little, little left side. It, little left side. But. And so you threw that um, in, fris in a ultimate frisbee. I think we would call right. that an inside throw. Yeah, yeah. Or a sidearm or a forehand. Okay. So I'm, I'm mostly a sidearm player, forehand player. And... That just, I have more, actually more distance and more accuracy with that technique. Awesome. But probably the more common is is your, your classic frisbee throw, the backhand. So we can try one of those too. I'm not going to throw anything, no. but I'm going to watch you because I can see right. disaster coming <laughs> in the shrubbery. Okay. Well, we'll 
give her back now. Nice. Oh. Ooh. Ooh, snuck through. Actually snuck through. So what happened <laughs> is he threw it and the wind took it a little bit and it got a... Uh, it, air bounce. It got an air bounce. I'm learning so much good lingo. <laughs> now I see there's like a trail system out here. There's a trail. Yeah. Hey. Did it is a golf course? Yeah. It is. A, yeah. What is it? Oh, it starts right here. It starts right here. Yeah. People are lining up to play this course. Okay, so we are out here on the disc golf course and things are picking up. We've got a bunch of people out here playing um, disc golf today. And Jeffy B and I um, are meeting some new friends from... From Germany. Hi, my name is Felix. Um, we are here with my family, two kids, Julian and Antonia, to play this disc golf course here in Moab. You really came, like, are you a routine disc golf player? No, we actually play ultimate frisbee, but we figured that this is a nice um, area here. We decided to try for some disc golf. It's our second time to play disc golf. Uh, that is fantastic. Um, did you come bringing your own equipment and stuff or did you get some locally? We actually just bought one extra disc golf disc yesterday and we have two ultimate discs. So this will do fine for, for the kids and for me play this course. How did you find out about this course? Um, it was in some local booklet we picked up at the, uh, at the shop and we just went out the door and we saw a disc golf and we went back in to buy the disc golf disc and uh, to be able to play today. Oh so perfect. Lovely weather. And it is lovely weather today it's not as hot as uh, we've been experiencing mm -hmm. so have you been to Moab before? No it's our first time. It's your first time and you're visiting our disc golf course. Well it seems like um, you might have a disc golf that needs some help being located. Yeah I so need to find it. <laughs> let's go find that disc uh, for you guys and thank you so much for talking to our KZMU listeners. Yeah, thank you so much. We are playing. You know, we have like a lot of trail etiquette, obviously here in Moab, we try to be very conscientious about not going off trail. So these discs go wherever they want. So R what's the um, etiquette and protocol for that? Oh, right. Well, usually, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully if you're throwing good shots all day, there's a bunch of paths, basically our, our version of fairways out here. And if you're having a good round, you won't really have to veer too much. But, you know, inevitably, of the course of the 18 holes, you're probably going get to a, get a tricky one in there. So you try to just do as minimal off-trailing yeah. as possible. Yeah, exactly. Here's my second shot in the bushes. I'm just going to pick up and go to the other one. All right, so we're traipsing over to Jeffy's first shot. Fortunately, we found... We found both the test shot and the official shot. And now we're a lot closer to the basket than I realized. You switched right. discs. Right. So I was throwing a, yeah, throwing a faster speed, kind of a driver off the tee. And yeah, now we have about, say, 40, 50 feet of a putt. But in, in discs, they would kind of call this a death putt because if, uh, if you miss everything, air ball, probably gonna roll away <laughs> it's, it's we've got some terrain to encounter we got some here. terrain and we got some crossing some winds going on so this you might just want to lay up this putt for the guaranteed par but hey since we're in so laying up would that mean uh 
just try to get it a little closer. Right, just try to be right under the basket, be within 10 feet or less. But, you know, only get interviewed once, so I might as well run it. Take chances. Oh, that's still pretty close. That was a good, that was a good, that was a good run, and it didn't roll far, so. It's, it's uh, fun, just like in golf, to see the difference between the power that you use on your, um, whatever, do you call them, tees? Off the tee shot. Off the yeah. tee shot. Yeah. And then more, yes. more nuance and elegance yeah. on the putt. Okay. And one. I don't know if you call it and one. And <laughs> uh, is that a basketball term? I think that's a basketball say? term. I didn't know this existed, honestly, until you started telling me about it a bunch of years ago. It's a hidden gem. Yeah, the yeah, what really got me into it, my friend, uh, he actually showed me online. There's a full, there is a full pro disc golf tour, and they, you know, they film all the rounds and everything. And at first, I was kind of like, okay, disc golf, like this is kind of, you know, maybe a little cheesy, right? But then you kind of, it's kind of this low, low key little like. I don't know like we're saying like kind of a niche thing and then started watching more rounds and then really in the COVID era it really uh it took off because you are outside you're able to distance and it just the sport blew up wow because it was yeah people had a and still an activity to do outside and you know not be in in too close quarters so yeah that's a perfect activity for that kind of situation that we yeah. found ourselves in so, no golf carts on this course. <laughs> no golf carts. Now, with, uh, with the bags, there is um, some pole carts that you can pull the bag behind. Oh, interesting. And I, I don't have one of those yet. It would be a little bit of tricky terrain out here, but a lot, a lot of people, yeah, trying to save the shoulders and injury and stuff wow so. so there's some real strategy involved in this yeah yeah on on the tour for sure there's uh <laughs> now i'm yeah i'm nowhere so going doing that the but. best score that you can get on this course would be an 18 theoretically 18 theoretically under 18 yeah what, what's your best score uh nine under nine under par wow yeah really good one of those days had a really good day so that's yeah everything was pretty clicking I was just throwing the disc really well do you have any goals about what like what you'd like to get or do you just take it day by day and have a good time just kind of take it day by day yeah I just yeah I for me I just like you know getting out getting getting in a good walk it ends up being a few miles of walking around and a just, few miles yeah if you Fantastic. If, yeah if you do all 18 you end up walking around and um yeah just beautiful views of the LaSalle's and the Moab Rim and yeah, just just a great little. Yeah, you can go solo if you just have. If you can play shorter versions of the course if you have less time, or or if you want to go out with some friends and just yeah, spend some time out. Total hidden gem. Yeah. Well, let's uh let's play this second hole. Yeah, a little farther on. They gotta put some. So this one's actually hidden. There's a a white post uh, to the left of the tee pad. About, probably oh, okay. about 300, yep. 320 feet out there. Looks like a yucca from here. Right, looks like a yeah, yeah. And then it's kind of hidden down in a little bowl down there, a little, a little nook, so. It's so funny, because I'm not even throwing <laughs> these things, and I'm totally nervous. You're nervous? I'm, ner I'm nervous just watching. Are you nervous for it? Yeah, we got to put a little more pep on this one. We'll, we'll see what happens. Whoa. 
That was a beautiful throw. A little short, but that's, you know. But so pretty in the air. Still warming up. This seems like a great place to just even go for a little jog or a walk. Oh, yeah. People, uh, yeah, every the community that lives out by Old City, I see people just getting in a little sunset walk, dog walks. Yeah, a jog. Um, yeah, everybody hanging out at the park, so. And just like the world's most scenic golf course i would say this has got to be up there as one of the world's most scenic disc golf courses uh, yeah our, our moab uh kind of our standard so to speak usually we're up there for the scenery no matter what we are up there i think we also <laughs> i think we also used to claim the world's most scenic dump scenic dump I, yes i've heard that one at least top three right it's got to be in the top three the wind is definitely giving us a little more challenge now bit of a blind approach but we're close he's lining up the shot folks there's a little bit of a wind it's off ah oh, banking to the right so i just noticed that you uh i didn't notice this before but you put your foot like right behind where ah, the stance so the stance so technically um when you come up to your lie where the disc is saying you need to you know, in the tournament or whatnot, you need to stand behind the front edge of uh, where the disc lands. And technically it's called a foot fault if you are in front of that. If you break that plane. If you break the plane. Um, and then, so with the putting too, there's a, a 10 meter circle. Obviously we don't have anything delineated out here. In the 10 meter circle, you have to maintain your balance behind uh, that plane, the whole. So putt. no part of your body can go past that. Right, at least your feet, right? Like your arm, sure. Okay. But like your feet and your balance have to maintain behind the plane. Ah, I gotcha. When you get behind that 10 meter mark, then you can do a little follow through with a step. But, but. So it's so. like the opposite of leaning at the fish at the finish line if you're like a sprinter and you <laughs> exactly. want to lean you want to get that torso across yeah. but here we can't <laughs> well that's two one unders in a row oh no the first two, one was par first one was par two pars oh that was a par two jeez i can't keep track i'd be <laughs> cheating like crazy <laughs> takes some getting used to well well jeffy b this has been so fun following you around and learning about disc golf what would you recommend to someone who has um, never played disc golf? How should they get started and what equipment would they need? Oh, well, let's see. Locally, um, for sure, the uh, Gear Trader has a pretty a solid variety of, of discs to choose from. And I'd say definitely get a putter and maybe to, you know, kind of a mid-range speed and maybe a driver speed. And really the good thing to start is actually just work in the field. So you could go to, you could throw out the old city grass fields and start working on just, you know, trying to get a clean release, clean spin uh, in the mechanics. And then eventually you'll start figuring it out, get, get more distance out of it. Or even, yeah, I remember just playing on the football field years ago too, like in the summertime or something at the high school. So yeah, the field work, that'll pay dividends. And putting, 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 putting. Practice your putting. That can 
can always save 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 some strokes out there. And we've noticed some baskets um, across from Youth Garden Project in yeah. in that drainage. So maybe there's a way that you don't have to come all the way out to city old city park to get a basket to work on your putty. You can just go right down there on 400 East. Right off 400 East, yeah, by by YGP. Yeah, I noticed that too, just down in the wash there. A little so, mini course. So three discs and three, yeah, and a lot of practice. That's that's a good place to start, I think. If you're yeah, if you're trying to get into it, yeah, or come out on the course with some friends. There's also the really cool one out by uh, down Chicken Corners Hurrah Pass, uh, the base camp out there, and that you know that one's a little more of an all day thing. There's two courses. Uh, you do have to pay a small entrance fee. I think it's five or ten dollars uh, for just using the land out there. But that's another. But what a fun adventure! Ride your bike out there, and yeah, that would be a, <laughs> getting in the miles. Yeah, definitely, really, really cool course. I've only I played it a couple times, but very scenic. Yes. <laughs> oh, that sounds so fun, Jeffy B. Mm -hmm. Thank you for letting us tag along with you on these first three holes of your disc golf day, and um, I hope that without the distraction of Great Wide Open, you will get a hole in one on the rest of the course. Uh, I think we're off to a, a fine start for that. Thank you, Lisa. 18, here we come. Thank you, Jeffy, and have a great day. You are listening to Great Wide Open on KZMU, and you can re-listen to this episode or any other episodes of Great Wide Open at kzmu.org under our Public Affairs tab, where you can find an archive of all of our fantastic public affairs shows and news shows. You can also find Great Wide Open and the public affairs shows and our news programs anywhere you get your pods. And now, back to the show. So I heard there's Ultimate Frisbee tonight. Yep, uh, right here at Swanee Park, Mondays and Thursdays at 6.30. Wow, that sounds great. Can I join? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'd love to have you. Anyone is welcome, all skill levels. It's, yeah, the more the merrier. Okay. Well, it is a beautiful... Thursday evening here in Moablandia. People out there, KZMU listeners in Moablandia and beyond. It's a rare, cool August night. There's a lot of cloud cover. And I'm down here at Swanee Park with Ms. Maggie Keating as she is preparing for the bi-weekly Ultimate Frisbee that she participates in. Welcome to Great Wide Open, Maggie. Thanks for having me, Lisa. How long have you been playing Ultimate Frisbee? Um, well, I guess I technically started about 10 years ago, um, but I took probably like a couple years off after I just, I started playing for just a couple months, then didn't play for a couple years until I moved to Moab. Took another year off of playing until I moved back to Moab after moving away. So now I guess I've been playing consecutively for six years. Super fun. And as we often say on Great Wide Open, whatever we're doing outside, you just can't beat the scenery. I mean, we look around, we got the pretty much 360 degree views of our beautiful Red Rocks. You can see the mountains here at Swanee Park. It's a beautiful day. So for our listeners out there who may not be familiar with Ultimate Frisbee, can you give a little explanation of what it is and how it's played? Yeah, um, it's a team sport that you play on a field that's kind of set up like a football field so there's two end zones at either end of the field and you have two teams playing each other 
trying to catch the frisbee in the end zone. That is the goal. That is how you score. Um, and you basically just pass the frisbee up the field from one end zone to the other between your teammates. But the caveat is that you can't run while once you catch the frisbee, you can't run. So you have to stop and you can pivot, but you have to throw it to another teammate. And then that's how you work the frisbee up the field until you catch it in the end zone. Ah, interesting. So no one's allowed to run with the frisbee, just can only throw it uh, sideways and down the field, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Okay. And do people have assigned positions as one would in like a football or soccer game? Generally, yes. Um, Here, when we play pickup in Moab, it's very casual. We don't assign positions. Um, We don't really even use much strategy. It's very casual, low-key, like, user-friendly, beginner-friendly game um, where we just practice, like, really basic skills and learning the rules. But, yes, in higher levels of competition, there are generally cutters who are, like, kind of like receivers I guess and then um handlers which are the people throwing the frisbee generally and what what position do you prefer to play um I prefer to cut because I'm not very good at throwing the frisbee (laughs) I too was a cutter I used to call myself the golden retriever of the ultimate frisbee team because whatever anyone threw I would run after it and just try my hardest to catch it (laughs) (laughs) that's what I try to do I yeah, I I really can only run. I'm not the greatest at catching either, so. <laughs> but that's, you know, I like to run. So if I can just run to the end zone and hopefully catch it there, then I can be done. <laughs> and what about defensively? What do people do? Is there a defensive strategy? Yes, um, there are a couple. We generally play just person on person. Um, so you're just matching up with somebody on the other team and like staying with them the whole time as they um try to like run around and throw there's also like different kinds of zone defenses that we generally don't use much here at pickup unless we have more experienced players or or we want to just try and like learn a new skill but that is also very common in um you know, like higher levels of play. And uh, this morning we did a little hike with our uh, mutual friend, Jeff Brennan, and he explained to me uh, the ins and outs of, or mostly the ins of Frisbee golf and explained to me how there's a bunch of different discs that he uses when he's playing Frisbee golf. But in Ultimate Frisbee, it's just the same old classic Frisbee that we all kind of think of that could serve as a dog bowl in its off time. <laughs> yes. Or, <laughs> and you throw it pretty much like you would a regular Frisbee. Yeah. There is one throw that I uh, you know, know from Ultimate Frisbee. I think it's called like an overhand or something where you throw it up in the air and then it planes out. Can you explain oh. that throw? Oh, gosh. I could try. Um, I think you might be thinking of a hammer throw. Uh, hammer throw. Which, yes, you kind of throw it over your head, kind of upside down from what you would normally think of as, like, a backhand, which would just be, like, you know, what people intuitively throw um, without having ever learned any specific throws. But a hammer can be useful in certain times when you need to, like, throw it over your defender's head. I get 
hammers thrown on me all the time because I'm short. <laughs> so people just throw them right over my head and there's nothing I can do to block them. Because you can't touch the person when you're playing defense. Right. You yes. have to only make contact with the frisbee. Correct. Unlike in football, no one's getting tackled. Right. It's Although not a contact. There probably is contact <laughs> ultimate frisbee out there in the world because if someone can think of it, it's already happened. Yeah. Yeah, we try to avoid contact as much as possible here at Pickup just because we don't want anyone getting hurt, but contact does happen inevitably. So how many, um, is this a, this, we, it happens twice a week, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is it at Swanee Park? Yes, currently we're playing Mondays and Thursdays at 6.30 at Swanee. We do change the start time periodically throughout the year based on how much daylight there is in the evening. Um, so in a couple months, we'll probably move the start time or maybe even just a month or so. We'll move the start time forward an hour. So we'll start at 530. Um, this past winter, we actually played at the Center Street ball fields under the lights starting later. And people really liked that because I don't know, it's just a different feel and it's kind of fun to play under the lights. So you're telling me this goes all year round. No well. breaks for winter, no breaks for summer. <laughs> Well, um, this past winter was actually the first winter ever that we've continued pickup um, past uh, around like November or around like the time change. So that was really exciting because we just had so many people who were um, just psyched to come out and play, even through the cold, sometimes snow. (laughs) Um, But it was really exciting and we all, we just had a blast all winter. So you played ultimate frisbee in the snow. I don't have a lot of fond memories of catching any objects in my hands in the cold, especially when you don't catch them and they nick your fingers. So what what was that like? Um, Well, I personally wore gloves because I also was not a fan of catching things in the cold. And I mean, my hands just couldn't function. So I definitely wore gloves. Some people did not, but... Are there any kind of like limits? uh, Like, you know, in a World Cup climbing competition, you're not allowed to wear a knee bar pad with rubber on it because it <laughs> could advantage you over somebody else. Are there any like rules or restrictions in ultimate Frisbee for the winter glove wearing? Gosh, I actually wouldn't know. I mean, maybe in like, you know, the upper tiers of competition, but we're very casual here at Moab. <laughs> it sounds like in Moab, you're more about the user experience than you are about uh, who scores the most goals. Absolutely. Yes. We just want to foster any kind of ultimate frisbee community that we can Um, we want to welcome anyone who is interested in playing either for the first time or the thousandth time Um, we just all want to have fun and you know enjoy the sport of ultimate and and we can see that some people are starting to trickle in so i'm sure that pretty soon you're gonna you're gonna want to start warming up your throws (laughs) or your catches as the case may be or your legs um i don't see any lines delineated how do you mark the field very casually (laughs) that seems to be the theme of moab ultimate frisbee um we just kind of eyeball it we have cones but yeah we just kind of walk out a field and make it up (laughs) this is a very low stress ultimate frisbee i like the vibe that you guys have out here (laughs) it is and you said that you welcome newcomers to come out and try ultimate frisbee so if someone's feeling a little shy because you know it can be sometimes a little uh, overwhelming or intimidating to come up on a group of people who know what they're doing and you're, you're new to it. So what, what do you recommend to people? Um, if people want to find us on Facebook, we have a Facebook group. It's Moab Ultimate Frisbee. Very straightforward. Um, we just post like updates 
bi-weekly, just reminders that we're going to um, play pickup Mondays and Thursdays. And any other announcements we have about tournaments coming up, some of us do go to regional tournaments. We also host a tournament here in Moab in the fall. That's right. Mark your calendars. November 11th, the Fluffernutter Annual Moab Ultimate Frisbee Tournament will be happening once again this year. And is that an open competition for like any all-comer teams or is it more formal? It is um, a hat tournament. So people can sign up in individually um, and then teams are ran- mostly randomly assigned the day of. Um, so it's a really fun way to like meet other people from other regions. You kind of mix and mingle with some people you might know, some people you don't. Um, it's pretty casual as far as tournaments go. Um, and again, it's all about like having fun and learning skills and meeting new people. Um, so that's also a good opportunity for people to come out and just see what we're all about. But pickup is a great place to start because like I've said, <laughs> we're very casual here. We're very welcoming. Everybody here, um, has a great attitude and the more the merrier. Um, it's great to have more people play including visitors yeah exactly in the spring we're always getting lots of people who are you know passing through town or just here for a couple weeks or whatever we're here for a day and some people come here specifically looking for pickup um so we welcome anyone whether they're just passing through or they live here if they're new to town looking to meet new people yeah anyone so Maggie, if someone is new to Ultimate Frisbee and they'd like to join you here on a Monday or Thursday night at 6.30 at Swanee Park, what should they plan to bring? Um, you don't need much. Uh, comfortable clothes to run in, uh, weather appropriate. Um, water, maybe a snack if you want, but we're not out here for too long. Um, if people have cleats, they're welcome to bring them. Not everyone wears them. I play barefoot. A lot of people play barefoot. Um, most people have frisbees that they bring. If you have one, great. Um, we have cones, so that's all you really need. Yeah, what a great activity to have here, like right in the center of town, available by pedestrian means for most of us who live close enough to city center. You can walk a ride over here and then don't need any any gear or not a big investment to get started in ultimate frisbee. Yeah, exactly. Some desire. <laughs> Well, I'm going to let you get to warming up as people are coming to trickle in here as the as the session goes on from the Moab Ultimate Frisbee-a-thon <laughs> happening on Mondays and Thursday nights, currently at 6.30 and currently at Swanee Park. And we will have all this information in the show, show notes. So if you are looking for information about this or about Frisbee golf, we'll have all those in the show notes after we get it loaded up to the website. Thank you so much, Maggie, for sharing all your information with us and can't wait to see you play. Thanks, Lisa. <laughs> you are listening to Great Wide Open on KZMU and you can re-listen to this episode or any other episodes of Great Wide Open at kzmu.org under our public affairs tab where you can find an archive of all of our fantastic public affairs shows and news shows. You can also find Great Wide Open and the public affairs shows and our news programs anywhere you get your pods. And now, back to the show. I'm Teresa Hurd. Emily Cox. Okay, so what are you guys doing out here on Ken's Lake on this beautiful afternoon? We just swam across the lake. 
all the way across, all the way across and, and all the way back. All the way back. I know, right? We thought once we got all the way across that we wouldn't be able to make we it back. We were going to have to maybe catch a, a, a ride on that sailboat, but we did it. We were, we were, darn it, we were determined. But I wouldn't call it all swimming. Lisa, we swam all the way across the lake and all the way back just now. It's true. When we rolled up, you notice lisa and you were like oh i'm so excited i'm lost you might have not have mentioned but i'm also in a band with lisa we're part of the butch cassidy's band so i'm always excited to see lisa because because she's quite amazing and she lake runs and then we heard about this lake lake what did she call it lake underwater running workout deep water running deep water running and when she first told me about it i was in Visioning her like going down in scuba deer gear all the way to the bottom and like literally running on the bottom. What it is, we don't think. But now, should we take this opportunity to explain what deep water running is? Yes, please. So, not to be confused with aqua jogging or like pool bottom running, which is something you would do with weights. Um, deep water running was something that was developed to be basically like a substitute for actual running. So when you're in the water, you are trying to simulate the action of running by being really upright and moving your arms and legs just as if you were running on dry land. And this became really popular. It first came to my attention and probably like wide attention in the 1984 Olympics, which is dating myself, when Joan Benoit... Just babies. Just babies. <laughs> just high school babies. High school babies. When Joan Benoit Samuelson used it as a training method to prepare for the U.S. Olympic trials, she had 17 surgery 17 days prior to and couldn't run. And people even speculated when she qualified. And not only did she qualify, but it became part of her routine. And then as a college runner, it was part of our routine. And it was still sort of like, uh, back then. But we would have great results with um, fewer injuries. And it wouldn't, if anything, it helped your performances. It didn't detract from them. And then, you know, fast forward to Moab, Utah, where it's 100 degrees in the summer. If you're an avid runner or an avid aerobic exercise outdoor hiker, it's really, it can be really hard if you can't get up at five in the morning or go out at, like that, that. (laughs) especially as musicians, or go out at 11 o'clock at night. So why not utilize the resources we have, which are a lot of water? So this is something that you could be doing in the pool, or you could do it in the lake, or you could do it in deep water in Mill Creek, or you can do it in the river. Okay, I put my PFD on, and I don't know what to expect. We'll see. Thank you. There's a lot of activity at the lake today. We've got paddle boarders, sailboaters, and I think Lisa is the only person uh, deep water running, and she promises that anyone can do it. So I am game as someone who has never done a deep water run sesh in her life. So wish me luck. All right, so you walk down, and then literally you just start running. Okay. So you are running, but you're not touching the ground. Touching the ground, I'm just trying to maintain as much of a running posture as can possibly be done. Okay. And and that's pretty much what this is all about. And then from there, it's a lot of choose your own adventure. Okay, so 
when you're running, and now I, I should say that Lisa's now running and towing me at the same time, so it's a feat of strength. But, you know, when you're running, like, are you tempted to get into a swimming position? Or, like, what's what's keeping you running upright? Um, I think what's keeping me running upright is just the motivation to be running. Yeah. Then if I wasn't motivated to run, I could just swim. Oftentimes, we have a helicopter passing us. Oftentimes, if one is doing like some kind of interval workout, you will actually, like, this will be your break. So, if I need a serious runner, I might do two minutes at a target heart rate, and then I might swim for a minute, two minutes, just depending on how long the workout was. Typically, these days, I'm just coming out here and cruising around. Looking at the beautiful scenery and just trying to, you know, basically get a little self-inflicted hypothermia <laughs> while working out. <laughs> okay, so this is incredible. I've never seen a deep water swimmer before. Lisa, you're tall, but I know it almost looks like you're eight feet tall. Your legs look so extended down there. Well, you want your legs to really be like a you really want to feel like you're simulating that off land, that dry land experience. That can be the tricky part for people, especially if you're not comfortable in the water. Well, to get the hang of it, it's actually really short. How long have you been doing this? You said that you first got inspired in the 80s. You were training back then in your athletics back then. Has it been with you that long? I think the first year I did it was in 1989. Again, dating myself. And yeah, it's been, you know, like most of the things in my 20s and 30s, it's on-again, off-again relationship. But I try to keep it as part of my life. And there's actually a lot of studies out there, like medical and scientific studies, showing the benefits for both training and also just for general health. Really good for your general health to do any exercise, as we know. But it's not weight-bearing, so it's not really your joints. Jesus is not the only person to walk on water. You can too. It's you want to try. I do. I do want to try it. I do want to try it. Yeah. Here we go. It is a beautiful day on the lake. Intended to go on my belly. Right. It's like one of those things that's like an easy hard thing. And then with your arms, instead yeah. of like kind of pulling almost like you're in a swimming stroke. Yeah. We really want them to be like up and down, like a running stroke. Okay. And then drop your lower body again. <laughs> and, fun. and fun. So now, tend your, you know, if you really want to work on getting your heart rate up or conversation where it's difficult, like you might be able to grunt, but you're not chatting. How now do I go fast? So going fast is also kind of going nowhere. <laughs> okay. So you're going to start moving your arms and legs, okay. driving harder. And you'll find that you're going to churn more turbulence. Yeah. And you might just stay in one spot okay. or barely inch forward. So okay. when you're jogging, you actually cover terrain. It's like the opposite of a track or a road workout. Wow. Okay. The harder you work, the less distance you'll travel. Okay. All right. Let me go for it. All right. Go so Molly. It's not, like, it's not like if I, you know, 
I'm not, I'm trying to sprint, but I'm not going anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> like you're not going to worry. It's the journey, not the destination in this case. There you go. So try to like straighten your legs just a kind of a little bit more so you're more upright. Good. That's it. You got it. Now just work on your arm drive like yeah more in that direction you don't have to have your fingers straight out you can I like to grab my thumbs for some reason Melissa might have another opinion our our local great wide open runner extraordinaire Melissa Bury she might have some tips on that but but here we are out here on the lake on this beautiful day and people don't even know what a great workout we're getting I can feel like my legs like even here. Yeah. <laughs> That's bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> like it, my legs are like it feels like I'm running, not like say you're running. Yeah, and as you get you know more time or experience, which is kind of funny to say, as you get more practice with your extreme water treading, you'll start to really feel like you are in motion. You can get into that, that nice flow state that we love to have in our activities of just enjoying the moment. Oh, and the scenery is not bad either. But again, it's nice for the people who aren't necessarily confident in their swimming skills yeah. um, and might be intimidated swimming in open water or even deep water. So it's a way to keep your head above water. <laughs> Literally. And... You know, if you had, if you wanted to put your little earbuds in, uh-huh. you could do that. And just another way to round out a summer that can seem really long and really hot to the outdoor enthusiasts. What's the, what's the farthest you've made it? Okay, I know that you can pretty much go any distance and feel, you know, the effects of of running and getting your heart rate up but also like being safe on your muscles and um being cool because you're in the water but how far have you made it before mostly i go by time because you can't really gauge your distance you know yeah so you do have to be like if you are doing this as a workout you do have to like be very self-motivated yeah if you want to like hit whatever target i don't use wearables right. or any of that kind of stuff i just kind of go by um whatever they call it, relative energy output or relative effort output, I forget what it's called. Um, And 40 minutes is about the longest I can stay in the lake before I start to get cold. Shivery? Yeah. Uh Yeah. Great. So after that, I have to take a break. So it's not really about the destination. It's just like the time that's in the water. Yep. Yeah. And then whatever the target workout is. It's rare that you see, uh, especially an aerobic type of exercise or workout, that is very accessible mm-hmm. to so many people in mm-hmm. various conditions in life. You know, something that I'm remembering from like going to like water water aerobics classes, right? Or doing water polo or something. There's like from old old age to like young age. Yeah, it feels. is a very forgiving medium. Yeah, but yet at the same time, it can provide so many fitness benefits. I love it. I just like being in the water. <laughs> I do too. I do too. I'm a water baby and I just love being in the water. If you have access to the library or uh, a computer in your home, you could actually watch some videos. Mm-hmm. And I think that the best part is, um, you know, you're getting fast tracked because you have someone actually watching your form. But 
just get out there in the water and do what feels comfortable and like I said, there's no real wrong way to do it. It's all what you want to get out of it. Uh-huh. But if you really want to get your heart rate up and you want to you miss running because you can't run anymore, yeah. just try to mimic that form as best as possible. I think getting used to the fur. I already feel more comfortable. So what's been your favorite part of this experience, Molly? <laughs> I think trying something new in the water that I've never seen done before. I also like the... Like, just like having a new form in the water is is also really, it's like I'm relating to water slightly differently. And I will say, um, I had a friend do like, we were doing an actual workout in the pool one day. Uh-huh. And beforehand, she's like, yeah, I'll go do your little water workout. Yeah. And she's like, that wasn't all that hard. She said she went home uh-huh. that night and practically barfed because her, her abs hurt so much. Because mm, she's keeping herself upright. So it's got one of those after. Yeah. If you're looking for an afterburn activity, like powerlifting, you feel it, uh-huh. and you get home. <laughs> well, I don't think we got hypothermia today. No. Looks really silly when you see someone doing it, and then when you initially start, but then once you, like, commit to being like, okay, what's my runner's form, then it becomes its own little sport. It is. It's its own little sport, and great, again, cross-training or as an endeavor in and of itself. Just hit us up on... Uh, KZMUGWO at gmail.com if you have any questions. You can catch Great Wide Open on the KZMU Airwaves every second Monday of the month at 4 p.m. Archives are at kzmu.org or on your podcast player at KZMU Public Affairs.